welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Wow. I really love that. That's so good. I love the passion because um, that's all glory to God, right? This isn't me on platform having this word. This is straight from the Lord. Let's go. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's do that every week. That's so much fun. I might do that for you. It'd be great. <laughs> well, it's so good to be sharing this week. I'm so stoked. Ah, wow. Um, I feel a little bit, like, weird that there's no kids at the front. Well, I feel like the youth and young adult had that covered, so well done. But um, our kids are now back in their kids' service with Isaac and the team, um, which is sad because we loved having them, like, trying to barricade them in. Um, but it's nice because our amazing kids team uh, have a word for them. They're not just babysitters. They, they have words for our kids. And over in that other building, they are, this is where my faith began. It was incredible leaders speaking truth into my brain that was just blowing, being like, whoa, God, supernatural. So cool. So it's actually so important that they're over there, praise God. And in this building, we have a word spoken for us so we can tune in. All the mothers are like, woohoo, we get to focus again. So good. But do you know, my little boy, Reuben, is four and a half, and Isaac messaged us this week asking if any kids are starting school this year. And Reuben is starting school this year, which is so exciting. It's weird. We're going back another 20 years of school. Yay! Um, but it's actually great because Isaac is praying next week over our kids that are starting school, and it's just so much value to the kids of this house. I love it. But Reuben has hit a, an age where his questions are ramping up hardcore. This boy has a mind that is on. It is switched on, and he's like, I don't understand clouds. Explain them to me, Mum. Why are they full of water? When does it fall down? I'm like, I don't understand clouds either. I'm almost 30. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we need a science teacher up in here. Chris is an English teacher. Ugh, clouds. But Reuben asks us so many questions. Every single day I'm on the toilet, I'm in the shower, I'm trying to cook. He's just asking questions like you wouldn't believe and he's teaching his little sisters to do the same, which is great. And they have this connection with us, which I just adore. They are constantly wanting connection with us. They want to talk to us as their parents. And then whenever we have people over, poor Pastor Mel pops over and Ruben's like, just wait, I need to ask you if you will come back and bring me cookies. Like, just, he just doesn't stop. It's just relentless. And I pray that as he grows up, he keeps being comfortable with us, but we're training our children to switch this connection and intimacy and conversation onto God as they become grown-ups. Because at the moment, yes, I can answer some of them, but when he gets older, don't we know that we need to shift our attention onto God? I want to shift his depth of connection and conversation onto God. My kids look up to Chris and I. My kids look up to their kids' leaders. My kids look up to friends and family that we have in a more intimate circle. At the moment, Ruben's decided that he doesn't want a haircut because he wants to be like Uncle Ryan. So we will see. <laughs> but we are leading them to look up to God for everything. So the title of the message this morning is very simple. It is look up. Look up. Can everybody say look up? 
Look up. Fantastic. Psalm 121, verse 1 to 2. I lift up my eyes. I look up. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We look up. Do you know, there's a sad thing that happens in our culture that I've noticed that is derailing people from their true identity in Christ and even derailing people from meeting Jesus, their Savior. And it's this. It is that when we grow up, we stop looking up. Let me say that again. It's that when we grow up, we stop looking up. As children, we sang, I am a child of God. Woo, that was so much fun. By the way, how great is that Jesus sign? Oh, Jesus is in the house. We have a name plaque for him and everything. As children, we look up to people that are older and wiser than us, that have been on the planet longer, that have learnt some lessons. I love what John Eaton says, that there's a difference between bubble bath and bubbles in a boiling pot of water. And we have to teach our children to distinguish between. They look up to those older, they look up to their teachers in school, they look up to their parents at home and at church, they look up to their kids' leaders and then they grow up and they look up to their youth leaders. But then we hit an age where we graduate out of these things quite quickly. We graduate out of youth, uh, youth group. We graduate out of school. We graduate out of our home. We move out. We grow up. And there is a narrative that the enemy is weaving in right in that transition phase that is a lie. And it's that when you grow up, you graduate from being a child of God. Do you know there's a gap? We all know this. There is a gap between where I currently am and where I ought to be. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mel shared on this with our New Year's resolutions. And we're always trying to better ourselves. We're always trying to eat better or do our finance better or behave better. But there's a gap between where I am and where I should be. And we're working hard to become better because we know we need some help. Who knows that they need just a bit of help? Oh, Lord, help me. No matter our age, we are still in need of our Father. So today I want to tell you that in the kingdom of God, we do not graduate from being a child of God. Children of God are called to look up to their heavenly Father, and you are called to be a child of God. Now, Jesus, we look to Jesus for how we should live our life. Jesus modeled this really, really well, and he did it from being a young man. In his own life, we read in Luke chapter 2, his family goes to a festival. It's like a yearly conference, the Passover festival, and the whole gang is there, the brothers, the mom, the dad, all the friends and family, and it's the end of the festival, so it's pack-up day, and they didn't have, like, cars or trains or whatever, so they were walking home. Fantastic. So they start, they fill up all their water jugs and they pack up all their tents and they're heading home and about six hours into the walk, it's all exciting and we're trying to like get to where we need to go, we need to go home. Six hours in, poor Mary, Jesus' mum, turns to Joseph and is like, have you seen Jesus? He's 12 years old at the time, little guy. Have you seen Jesus? He's usually wanting to tell me straight away what happened at the festival. And he made all these new friends and he had all these crazy revelations and he's usually wanted to talk to me. 
He's like, oh, I don't know. He's probably around. He'll turn up when he's hungry. So they keep walking. And a couple of hours later, she's like, man, I have my lunchbox full. And Jesus hasn't, maybe he's stolen some from like some friends, but he hasn't come to me for food. A couple of hours goes and Mary's starting to freak out because she's like, okay, I need, has, has anyone seen Jesus? Because uh, he hasn't asked me for food. He hasn't asked me to carry him. He hasn't completed like how long is it until we get home, mum? He hasn't told me about the festival. Has anyone seen Jesus? So she's going through the family and all the friends and saying, have you seen Jesus? He's this big. He's really cute. He's got big blue eyes. Um, probably didn't have blue eyes, actually. And, and they can't find Jesus. They can't. Okay, guys, they can't find Jesus. Little 12-year-old, son of God, like really big deal. And they have lost him. Ah! One time I lost Hannah, Pastor Mel was there, for like five minutes in an enclosed playground where she couldn't get out of. And I was panicking and I was praying. I was like, Lord, you direct my steps straight to my daughter. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Where is the child? I'm like, take my feet. And I was freaking out. It was five minutes. We found her. They returned. They'd gone a day's journey out. So that's like walking from the city to Kabulcha. They had gone a day's journey out. They did a day's journey back and they lost 12-year-old Jesus, the son of God, really big deal, for three days. <sighs> Can you imagine his poor parents? Like, like going from I really want to find my son to I'm going to kill this boy. Like, where's Jesus? <sighs> and then they went to the temple <laughs> and he was in the temple. <laughs> he, was at, he was at church. Uh, speaking to the teachers and asking questions and making new friends. Look at those friends I made, Mom. I had such a great time. I was having such a great time. And Mary, all like not washed and unbothered and everything, burst in. Jesus! Let me quote you what Mary said. Child. Oh, he's in trouble. Child! Why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been worried sick. We've been looking for you everywhere. I feel like I totally relate. <laughs> Jesus replied in his 12-year-old wisdom, why were you looking for me? <laughs> Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? In my father's house. Mary could have just looked up, gone to the father, gone to the temple and found him straight away. Oh, I've got to retrace myself. Where could he be? He's probably playing soccer. He was in the father's house. Jesus, even from a young age, knew that above his parents, above his leaders, he needed to be with the Lord. And do you know, as he, a grown man, as an adult, Jesus did something incredible. He remained a child of God. You can see this in how he referred to himself. He didn't call himself Hello, I'm Jesus with a big beard. I'm a man now and I'm the savior of the world. That's not how he introduced himself. He didn't say, Jesus, I'm the warrior Christ. Or Jesus, I am the Alpha and Omega. He didn't come boasting about his elite position. Do you know what he referred to himself as? The son of God. And often he spoke about his father. He says in John chapter 5, verse 19, Truly, truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself 
unless he sees the father doing it, for whatever the father does, the son also does. He remained a child. Actually, this is all that Jesus ever spoke about. His adoration to his father was so evident. He remained a child of God that lived in the house of God, that took up the trade of his father, that listened and conversed with him often. He didn't graduate from being a child of God when he stopped being a young boy. As a man, as a grown, he was a child of God and he would look up to his father constantly. Jesus was dependent on his father for his purpose, his provision. My children are dependent on me for their provision. Let me tell you, my goodness. His validation, his work. Doesn't this sound like how children are with their parents? I can attest to this. My kids need me to tell, you, tell them what their purpose is. We are packing up the room. Yes, mom, I will definitely do that in three hours. Their provision, they don't know where the food comes from. They just open the pantry and they're like, oh, crackers. Their validation, every time we brush Hannah's hair, I send her to Chris and she walks over and she just stands there and waits for Chris to go, wow, you're so pretty. And she's like, yes, back I go. <laughs> their work, they depend on their parents to tell them. And so we depend on our father to tell us. Matthew chapter 18, verse 2 to 4, Jesus calls a little child to him, and he puts the child among them and says, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Not become children, become like children. Praise God. <laughs> as humble as these little children. To look up to the Lord is to become as humble as little children. Jesus is calling us for, for, for us to be as humble as children. Because humble children look up to their parents and leaders because they need to be taught the right way to go and told the truth and get their identity and validate it. And our earthly childhood is just so short. It's so short. Life in itself is already too short. But the childhood that sets you up for the rest of your life is just too short. There isn't enough time for me to teach my children. As hard as I try, and I want to instill character and integrity and truth into their lives, there just isn't enough time for me to do it. And I'm not all perfect and all knowing. I'm just not. And so when my children get old enough, they're going to have to look back on their childhood, forgive me, unlearn the things I taught them that weren't true, relearn truth and carry on with their life. Maybe you feel like you missed out on your childhood. If you look back, it's not, oh, I grieve my childhood that I don't get to do it anymore. It's good riddance. Maybe you feel when you look back on those days that when you looked up to people, they weren't reliable. Maybe they didn't listen. Maybe you learned to be shut down and, and ignored. Or you couldn't rely on looking up 
to anyone. And I want to tell you today that it's not over. Being a child of God is not over. And he is calling for you to rely on him. He is calling you to look up with a deeper desperation and a more intimate reliance on a father than you have ever had before. When we look at childhood days, we are astounded by them because of the wonder and the amazement. There's imagination, right? And faith. There is freedom and play all the time and laughter. There is confident friendships. You know when you go like on a camp and you meet that random kid that you don't know their name, but you play for a week and then you leave and you're like, that was great, but I'll never find you again. Those friendships where you can just have confident friendships with people, they're not lost. Those days are not gone. They are found when we step into being a humble child of God who grows up to look up to their father. These qualities of a humble childhood should actually strengthen as we grow up. Those childhood qualities that we love so much should strengthen as we grow up as a child of God. As we look up to the Father, our relationship with him matures, our understanding of the world matures, and these wonders of childhood strengthen. Do you know our joy as children of God should be explosive? Do you think kids are happy? Children of God as adults should just we just blow our minds every day. We go outside and we're like, oh my gosh, look at the sunrise. I understand light particles and everything that happens. It's so exciting. <laughs> our faith should strengthen. Do you know from about 10 to 16 consistently, I would pray to the Lord for a horse for my birthday, but I lived in like a really tiny suburban house and I didn't understand the requirement for horses, but I would wake up on my birthday and just peek out the window and go, oh, not this year. Like, my faith was ridiculous. (laughs) And the Lord, his will came through that I wouldn't get a horse. Uh, But about the same time, I prayed that my auntie, who couldn't have children, would be pregnant with twins. Because it made sense that if it's, like, a slim chance, then she should just have two and just, like, go for it. So I prayed, but I forgot to tell them. And my faith was so strong, I knew that she would have twins. And she did. She fell pregnant through IVF and then adopted three kids um, from Taiwan in the same time. So I had five kids in 18 months. (laughs) Blessing of God. And I was like, yay, I asked for that. (laughs) But as we get older, our faith, our ridiculous faith and our imagination should grow and strengthen. As it's It's not silliness when you know who your father is, that he's listening. Our boldness should grow. Our confidence should grow. When we worship, it should grow. You see all the kids at youth camp going for it? Why does that decrease for us when we grow up? Children of God worship their father in passion and confidence. Thank you, Jesus. The father, the father, the original design We look up to him, and he's there for us. Children of God, look up. 
There is a father who is calling for his children to come home so that he can restore us, he can adopt us in. When you're adopted into a family, my cousins were adopted into my auntie's family um, and we just had one of them stay with us and she gave her life to Jesus. (laughs) Praise God. When you're adopted into a family, the father teaches you how to act in that family. He teaches you the way that you should go and you, you change your behavior in that family and then he leads you the way that the whole family is going. And he wants to restore you today into the family of heaven, his family, and he plans to adopt each and every one of us. That's why we're not in heaven right now. He's still working hard at restoring his children home. Proverbs chapter three, verse five to six. A lot of us know this scripture, but I want you to hear it in the ways of being a child of God. Proverbs chapter three, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, in all your ways. Man, I know this. My children in all their ways acknowledge me. They acknowledge me and then they acknowledge me again and they acknowledge me and they're under my feet in the kitchen and I'm just like, it's like trying to herd guinea pigs. Like they're just, in all their ways they're acknowledging me about everything with no shame of asking. Even when we have people over, they're just like, just just one more, just one more, just one more question. And I'm like, just just give me a sec, I'm trying to breathe. And in all of their ways, my children acknowledge me. They acknowledge me so much to the point that I'm like texting my husband, are you done with work yet? Can you come home? And he comes out and we high five and I go tag and I run away. I go hide in a closet or something just to like let my ears breathe. My goodness. But do you know God, God, this is why we graduate out from looking at our parents with this intensity and onto the father. God doesn't tap out. God has time. He, he's, he's the beginning and the end. He has all time for all of you, for all time. To acknowledge him in all your ways. You can't annoy your father. You can't overdo it with your father. Children of God, you can pester him and pester him and he's going, come here, kids. Come on, ask me more. And all you need to do, this is really practical, all you need to do is change your language. Oh, I'm really, really stressed, Lord. Just look up. Oh, I don't know what to eat, Lord. I'll show you who just ping, pick that one. Probably be like chocolates because he likes those. <laughs> I have a street down my house that's like my cue to pray because uh, it's on the way to everything. It's my out-of-house street. And as I'm driving, I'm like, oh, hi, God. Okay, so I'm doing this today, and usually I'm going to the grocery store. And I'm like, all right, I have things to do. So um, if you would like me to run into anybody, can you just make it obvious, and I will do something. And then you run into them, and you're like, wow, your skirt's so pretty. That's what girls, I don't know. If guys, no, guys don't do that. Uh, people are like, yeah, sick, sick eyebrow. I don't know. <laughs> I say pretty skirt. Let's just go with that. Cool moustache, cool moustache. 
Nice moustache. <laughs> great, great HPI, hair per inch. That's what Chris taught me. <laughs> but I, the amount of people, it's actually the most efficient way. I'm all about efficiency. I am an efficient woman of God. I am efficient because I have 30 minutes to go in, do a big shop, come back. I'm like, come on, Lord, like, let's make this work. And he's like, yeah, efficiency. So I come in and he goes, ping. And I'm like, oh, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus. And it's so efficient because he sets it up. Yay, efficient Jesus. <laughs> and in all your ways, oh, Lord, I don't know why my body's reacting like this. <sighs> Got to look up. Oh, I'm really angry with my brother because he's, he's just so, I don't know, you're great. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm mad about something. Lord, I tell my father, you have permission to talk to your father about everything. Would you talk to him? I don't know what I'm doing for my job, Lord. I'm a bit stressed about these finances, Lord. My husband or my wife, I'm just feeling a disconnect, Lord. Would you turn to him, speak to your father, these thoughts, praying without ceasing? Man, I wrestled with this when I was about 14. I was like, that's not efficient at all. <laughs> and so I was like sitting on it for a while. I was like, this is dumb. This is a weird scripture. And I found it's just adding this Lord at the end. My thoughts are my conversation with God as I go, as I go. Children, they look up, but they also reach up. This is the posture of a child. <laughs> Pick me up. Or, oh, I'm really scared of this thing. Or, I'm really hungry. Or, I just, I don't know what I want. <laughs> All the time, my kids are constantly, like, on me, grabbing me. Do you know what this is? This is Worship. That's humility. This is humble posture of a child. When we do this, you know visually, all right, I'm humbling myself. Sometimes I just go outside and I see the sky. <sighs> I do this because it's worship, but it's also child to our father. Reach up, look up, open yourself. It's a sign of surrender because it's a sign of humble worship. You ready for this? As we reach up, this is the father's reply. It's not, oh, just give me a sec. Allow your heart to be renewed with how the father responds. We reach up and the father reaches down and he gives us Jesus. Jesus, his son. He reaches down and gives us Jesus. He makes a way for us. He wants that connection. He reaches down and he gives us his spirit. He empowers us. He's not saying stay down there and just worship me. He's giving us our spirit and saying, come on, you're the best woman I've ever met. You're the best man I've ever met. You're my kid. I believe in you so much. I'm going to give you everything early, before eternity, before heaven. I'm giving you my spirit. He wants to be closer to you than you've ever been with anyone on this planet. He loves you. He reaches down as we look up. Now, you know, we have this New Year's theme, which I just love, up and out. And our leadership team of City Point North has been wrestling 
with this idea for longer than we've actually known uh, that this theme is on its way. We've been so excited for it. We're like, come on, Lord. Pastor Gray doesn't even like the word revival. And he's like, yeah, revival. (laughs) Revive, revive us, Lord. Breathe into us, spirit. Make us move, God. And we are so ready and so excited for up and out. But I've seen a reoccurring theme in January from our pastors. They've both spoken. And I've heard these scriptures. They even used it in their seven-day reading plan that City Point is doing for the new year for Up and Out. And it's that we're not going out just yet. Hold on. We need to look up. We need to refocus our gaze. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to be still and know that he is God. We're so eager. We're so eager to make a difference with our lives. We're like, man, I have these business ideas. I'm going to get it happening. We're so ambitious. We want to make the world a better place. We want my life to count for something. Yeah? We want our life to count. So come on, send me. Let's go. But the Lord is saying just, I need you to just take this. Take this. Set your eyes up first. We need to have our direction fixed first, and then we can go out. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. We look up. It's the humility of a child that looks up to their parents. It's the humility of the disciples who looked up to Jesus. It's even the humility of Jesus who looked up to God, to his father, that we need to be imitating, hey? We really, really need to be imitating it. And let me tell you why. Why this is so important. Why the Spirit of God has gone, whoa, whoa, whoa. We we need to spend just a couple weeks. I don't know how long he's going to be doing this. Hopefully not too long if we just (laughs) get our focus right. But he's doing it for a really important reason. We need to look up. And this is what he's saying. He's saying if we go out... Before we look up, we will go out in pride. Let me say that again. If we go out in our lives, before we go up and look up, we will go out in pride. C.S. Lewis speaks about pride and humility, these, these two forces, in mere Christianity. And he says, pride is in competition with itself. Pride is when we're looking down on earthly things all the time and it's competing. It's not the family of God. Family of God is love and unity. But when we're competing, 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 that's pride. It was through pride, he continues, that the devil became the devil. Pride leads. It's the starting point. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-state God of mind, uh, anti-God state of mind. Once the element of competition has gone, pride has gone. Once we stop looking at earthly things, competition with other people, why they said that and why I don't have that because I deserve to have the respect from them, and competition, competition, our eyes are actually fixed down on earthly things, right? All of this competition... That's exactly where the enemy wants our eyes to be fixed, is down on these earthly things. But the Lord is saying, shift your gaze and look up 
So pride has gone and we become humble children of God with our eyes fixed on the Father. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, an arrogant spirit before a fall. The Father is teaching his children, you and I, who they are as a child of God, adopted into his family. He's a good God, he's a good Father. He's actually teaching us lessons about how his kids should walk their life. He is leading us in a way that is everlasting. He is a good father that is leading us to life and fullness of life and wonder, off destruction. He is saving us from destruction by saying, come on, come on, look up, look up, look up. Eyes up, eyes up everywhere you go. Don't let your earthly eyes fixate down. Just look up in this moment. Look up. The Spirit of God is restoring our vision this year off of pride and onto humility. Look up. Off destruction and onto his victory that's already won. Don't you know it already? Look up. He wants to tell you everything that's already been restored. Look up, my children, he's saying, because I have made a way for you. I have reached down already, already. Jesus has come already. He has already made a way. He's already given you all power in the spirit and authority in in heaven and on earth. Look up. Looking up as a child in humility is the original design that our loving father is restoring us to. Thank you, Jesus. And then once we look up, once we look up, He will send us out. Yeah? Our life has purpose. Your life has purpose. But it's purpose in him. We're not looking down anymore saying, all right, Lord, what do I need to do? All right, this person is being annoying, so I'm just going to move them out of the way. And I'm not going to speak to them anymore so I can carry on with the purposes of God. (laughs) That's pride. Humble children of God look up to their father in everything And they allow the teaching of the Lord to reshape their words and their attitudes. And you will start seeing the joys of childhood return. Joyful children, confident children, imagination that is just blowing our brains. Our wish list for the Lord, our prayers and petitions should be wild. I don't know how much money you have, Lord, but I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. That's Christmas, hey? (laughs) I want it all, Lord. He goes, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to give it to you. He's so much fun. And as you look up, you start claiming all of the gifts he's giving you because he gives us good gifts. We are his children. I claim every single good thing I see. My Bible says every good gift comes from above. So they're exactly for Rachel. Woo-hoo! I drive by and go, whoa, a flower that bloomed just for me. I drive by and I'm like, whoa, a sunrise. Whoa, a person that's wearing like a dress that has really nice print on it. That's just for me. This person that can sing really well. That's a gift for my ears. We have taste buds. We could just have food so that we could be like, oh yeah, I got to feel this body so I can do the stuff. No, he gave us taste buds. He's like, ooh, check out this fruit. Ooh, delicious. Anyone else a foodie? (laughs) Blessing of the Lord right there. (laughs) Claim everything. 
every single good gift because I know where it's coming from. It's from my dad. It's from my father. Every good gift. It starts changing the way you see your brothers and sisters. Do you know in this community, I drive by and I see people that look lost. On the outside, they look lost. Do you know what I do? I change how they're, what they're wearing in my mind to ball gowns and top hats and suits. And I go, whoo, she's looking so fun today. And then I run into some of them at the shops and I'm like, hey, baby, how are you going? She's like, I'm going for a right. What do you want? <laughs> Changes the way. Yeah. If I'm looking up, if I'm looking up before I go out, I look up and I say, Father, what do you think of this person? He goes, top hats and dresses, baby. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. That's how I speak to people. That's what he thinks about others. If we're looking up before we go out, we're looking up in humility. And the Father wants to teach us how to live our life as a child of God. Would you look up? Would you look up? Praise Jesus. (laughs) Oh, come on, let's pray. Would you close your eyes? Thank you, Father for this welcome back into your home. You are a good and desperate father for your kids. You spend all your time and energy calling us to belong to you. I pray that we look up to you with every waking moment, in our dreams, at our work, in our home, in the car. Every moment we look up to you, Lord. We look up to you in repentance. We look up to you in humility. And we ask you, Father, to lead us and to love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So good. Two. Yeah, let's put our hands together for Rachel. That was amazing. Told you you'd get something. Hey, uh, you might have just listened to that and you're just like, man, I'm just in in a different planet to what's going on here at church today. And the only time you've ever looked up is to blame God for something or, or, or you, you've cursed that God because of what's going on in your world. And look, life is like this. And sometimes it's, it's it, we turn to God. And, but when you've got faith in your heart and you know him as your father, you don't turn at him to blame him. You turn at him as a child to say, God, teach me how to move out of this situation. I was just thinking as, as Rach was... Um, preaching that message that every time in my life I've gone to dad for help, dad hasn't just given me the charger, which is a Valiant charger or a Mustang or a car. He's taught me how to restore one for myself. You know, I, you know, he hasn't just bailed me out financially. He's taught me how to be wise with my finances so I could bail my own family out and live strong from there forward. You know, God's often like this. Sometimes we run to him and we look up to him and we're like, God, I'm a mess. Would you fix me? And he's like, I will fix you. But when you come to me as a child, I'll come to you as a father and I'll teach you how to get out of this situation. I'll teach you how to restore your life. I'll teach you how to be the head and not the tail, how to be a conqueror and not a person overcome by the pressures of this world. I will teach you because I want to sustain you by my power and authority in your life. See, God is a sustaining God and he's a transformational God. Everything he does when we come to him as a child is to transform our thinking, our life, our habits, our addictions and our behaviours 
so that we can move forward in a sustainable way of victory and overcoming in all spheres of our life. Who wants a father like that? That is good news. And so you might be here this morning and you're like, you know what? I need to know God like that. I need to know the God who is my father, but he's also supreme. He's the one that holds all power and all authority. He can love me like I need to be loved. He can help me like I need to be helped. I need to know who this father God is. And so if that's you this morning, we do this every Sunday. We make an opportunity for people to respond to Jesus. And so I'm just going to ask church, could we all just close our eyes, honour the moment. And if that's you today, I just want you to be really bold. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I just want you to lift your hand and I'm just going to pray with you right where you are. I'm just going to pray from here. But would you be bold this morning and say, I want to know, Father God, I see your hand over there. Your hand over there as well. Is there anyone else here this morning? I see your hand there as well. Just going to ask one more time. You can put your hands down if that was you. If you'd just like to quickly respond, this is the greatest decision you can possibly... You can walk out of this building today either the same or with a whole different future ahead of you. And what I love is God says it's your choice. Just one more time, if anyone would like to lift their hand and join these three people this morning. Thank you. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray right now. And I'm just going to pray like this is your first prayer as a believer now, a, a child of God. So let's just close our eyes. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for creating me. I thank you that you love me even though I'm struggling to understand what this love is. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to teach me from here. You're going to transform my life. I understand that you won't necessarily come in and just sweep away my troubles, but you will instill your spirit in me and you will teach me through your Bible how to overcome every single trouble I face. I thank you from this day forward I can wake up in the morning and not see myself in the mirror anymore as someone overcome by this world, somebody suffering, somebody who's losing in life. But I can wake up now and see somebody who's victorious, someone who has a father who cares about me more than anything in this world, somebody that looks at me and throws a party in heaven and gives me his spirit to help lead me, somebody who their Father in heaven gave their Son so that today I can be forgiven of every sin. God, today I choose you. I thank you that you chose me. And I give you my life and my every breath. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And we all said, Amen, Amen. Hey, why don't we put our hands together for those people. What a great decision you have made.